Welcome everyone to The Lighthouse. This is a podcast series dedicated to providing advanced financial planning and wellness insights to the clients and their families we serve. My name is Jack Butler and my business partner, John Sanford, and I lead the Hatteras Wealth Management Group at UBS. While our clients often come from all walks of life, we specialize in providing comprehensive wealth management advice to Deloitte consulting partners and middle market entrepreneurs. Our goal for this show is to provide our clients with beneficial, informative, and relevant content that allows us to better serve and deepen a relationship with them. And as always, please feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about the topics we discuss in this episode, and we would also greatly appreciate your feedback as well. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome everyone to our first ever episode of the Lighthouse Podcast. My name is Jack Butler, and my business partner, John Stanford, and I lead the Hatteras Wealth Management Group at UBS. Given that it's our first ever podcast, we wanted to have a very special guest join us to kick off this series that's designed to provide beneficial planning and wellness insights for our clients. I'm joined today by Mark Lentz, who is the founder of My Next Season, an organization dedicated to helping companies and individuals with important career transitions ensuring that they happen well. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jack. Great to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. And uh, just to kind of start things off, Mark, we would uh, we know that, that you're kind of in this new chapter with My Next Season and that with every great company, behind it is often a powerful story that serves as the driving force behind its mission going forward. Would you mind just starting us off by sharing with us your background and your career and how it led to where you are today with My Next Season? Sure, that'd be great. My first career was in banking. I spent 27 years at Bank of America and predecessor companies. Loved it, absolutely loved it, and was able to live in different countries around the world, different cities and countries, spent time in Hong Kong, London, New York, Charlotte, Chicago, and have various roles. Two of my most recent roles were chief risk officer for everything outside the U.S. and the treasurer during the last financial crisis. In 2014, I made a decision that I wanted to do something different. I'd always wanted to start a company. I wanted to try to be an entrepreneur. So I retired from banking and went into business with Leslie Braxick, who is a behavioral psychologist. And we had this idea that we wanted to help people with career transitions. And when we first started talking about this, we wanted to help people all the way from first starting a career. So when you're in college, all the way through to retirement. Often people forget one of the biggest transitions that somebody can go through is when they retire or sell a company. So Leslie and I, when we started talking and brainstorming about this company, we decided to start with that end of retirement. And really because of what we've both seen. Leslie, the first time we kind of started brainstorming on this, she told me a story of a client. She had run a consulting company for 25 years that focused on CEO succession and strategy for Fortune 500 companies. And she told me of a client that called her up about six months after he retired and said, Leslie, I'm absolutely miserable. You are my coach. You know me better than anybody else. What do you suggest I do? And she said, I'd suggest joining the Duke Engineering School Board. He said, great idea. He wrote her a handwritten letter about three to six months later again and said, great idea, but it's four days a year. Can we get together? I'm miserable. And about a month later, he passed away. And his wife told Leslie that he was like a lost child from the day he left his company 
to the day he passed away. And it really drove her into this space. And there weren't really people helping executives or business owners transition into retirement. So we decided to start with that. I'd also seen it. I'd seen it on the banking side where executives struggled with retirement. I also saw people hanging on way too long because they didn't know what they wanted to do next. And so between the two of those, we decided to start. And then we've added offerings for people transitioning into senior roles for people early in their career. And now we just added this summer for college students looking to start their career. Yeah. And that's so exciting. We'll definitely have to come around to the college student piece of what you're doing here lately here in uh, just a couple of minutes, but to kind of stay on the topic of those who are approaching your retirement transition, let's say for people in the audience who are listening, what are the common challenges that clients are often facing and uh, how often is it in your experience do they feel as if they're going alone in that regard with dealing with that, uh, that struggling circumstance? Yeah, I think some of the common challenges, as I think through that, some of them are you're giving up what you've done for the past, it could be 20, 30, 40 years. You're giving up what you know how to do and what you're really good at. And there's this sense of loss, you know? So one is a sense of loss. Two is just a sense of identity. It's kind of who you've been identified. The first thing you do when you walk into a, a cocktail party is you tend to ask somebody, what do they do? All of a sudden that's gone. And so th- those things are gone. And just the, the idea that you don't know what you want to do next often, you know? And so those are some of the things that we see. And I think people do feel like they're alone in this. People don't tend to talk about it and they don't realize that almost everybody goes through these same feelings. Yeah. And I think it's also uh, cultural too here in the United States. You're looking at different generations where now it's really the baby boom generation transitioning into retirement. And, and, and those tend to be folks who are going to have maybe a 30-year retirement in some cases. And we haven't seen that in America before, especially their parents hadn't seen that. Exactly. And, and one other piece I would add is sometimes I've actually heard clients say, I think my best days are behind me. Mm. This feeling that your best days are behind you. I'd actually argue the best days could be ahead of you. You've got 20, 30 years of life left. You have experiences, you have relationships, you have networks. What you can still accomplish and do in the, in the rest of your life, it's almost unlimited. You know? So to me, the best days aren't behind you. The best days can be ahead of you. Sure. And often that's just, that can be a life philosophy of just uh, positivity and looking more towards the future. That's just going to you know, obviously play a huge impact in your overall wellness and just the uh, prospects for, for what's ahead. And also kind of in looking at people's transitions, clearly boomers have been retiring for over a decade now. Why do you think there's a lack of resources out there that helps folks with these types of transitions? Because what you guys are doing, I feel like strikes a chord with so many folks. But like you said, there hasn't really been much out there in terms of what's available to help people in that regard. So I think that the focus has tended to be on the financial side of retirement. Great resources on the financial side of retirement. People spend time with their financial planners as they're getting ready to retire. They think about it years ahead. They don't on this side. One of the things we found is there's very little on this and very little help, like you said, in resources. I don't know exactly why, but to me, people should be spending as much time thinking about what they want to do next and how to do it as they do about the financial side. And so the same type of process that you would go through with the financial advisor should be going through, thinking through what to do next and how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and certainly we, it's funny that in our experience with clients, obviously as they 
approach that, that retirement date. Most of them, I'd say probably a, a year or a few years in advance, really want to make sure all the finances are buttoned up to make sure they're retiring because they want to, not because they have to, and that they have that financial independence. They're not going to have to worry about that again going forward. But clearly there's also that other side of it where we've noticed in conversations where clients often, when we ask them, you know, what, what they're going to do with their time, they often say, well, well, we'll travel, we'll play golf, we'll spend a lot of time with the grandkids, things of that nature. And it almost kind of seems like there's a honeymoon phase initially that takes place where the first six months, it's kind of like a, a Norman Rockwell retirement where clients are traveling, they're picking, uh, they're checking those bucket list items off the, off the list. They're spending time with family. They're playing tennis and golf every day. But then there's kind of a lull that sets in. And I think some people realize, well, I can't really go and, and jet set around Europe 24-7 or, or things of that nature. So have you noticed something similar in your experience that people tend to have maybe a little bit of a, a holiday when they first uh, retire for a while and then set back to normal? Definitely, yes. And, and let me tell you a story. And I think this is a great story. A close friend of mine retired and he said, I want to play golf and I want to travel. And he did for about a year. And what he told me was I was bored. I wasn't intellectually stimulated. And that was his big thing. He lost that intellectual stimulation. The interesting thing was his company asked him to go back to work after a year. And he decided to. And he told me three or four years after he retired a second time, he told me, he said, the day I walked in back to my old company, I realized I made the biggest mistake Mm -hmm. I, I had made because the company had moved on without me. Second time he retired, he still wanted to play a lot of golf, but he structured his time in a manner where he ensured intellectual stimulation. So he was on a board of a financial institution. He did several things in that period where he worked the second time to start prepare to ensure really that stimulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's obviously so important to be active and involved in things that you really care about and things that, that get you out of bed in the morning. And then really kind of looking at that, that honeymoon phase ending, if you will, what are some of the steps that clients can take to reignite themselves and plan for the next 30 years? So that it can be, like you said, the best years ahead of them. Let me give you kind of what we hear back from clients, you know, what we hear. And I think this is great feedback because it's, it's not theoretical. It's what we actually hear. Probably the biggest thing we hear is take time to pause kind of just stop, think, reflect, think about what you want to do next. Don't just jump into the next thing. We have a tendency to think, I've got to keep myself busy. Let's just jump into the next thing. But actually think about what did you love about what you did? What what did you not love? What do you want to give up in the next 20, 30 years? What do you want to keep? What are your passions? What do you, you know, ask yourself these questions and reflect. So take the time, reflect, think about what you want to do next before jumping in. Second, I would say focus on physical health. You know, we say physical health is your limiter as we all age. So really take the time to focus on your physical health. Be open to reinvention. This is one that was interesting to me. When I left Bank of America, I thought I saw my next career as starting a financial services firm. It would be in something in treasury, risk management, you know, so on. It took a lot for me to really decide to do this company because it was outside of the box that I had put myself in. So we tend to put ourselves in a box and the box is constrained by our past and our past experiences. So I would say think outside the box and be willing to reinvent yourself. 
one of the things we consistently hear is balance, flexibility, and structure. It's great to have some structure, but our lives have been so structured up to this point that it's nice to have some flexibility too. So balance that flexibility and structure and really think about what you want to do with your time. Don't just let your calendar fill, but think about what you want to do with your time. Focus on relationships. I hear this over and over and over. Um, relationships are key. They're key in the transition, having people to go through this process with. They're key after the transition. I would say if there's any one or two things, that's a, that's a real key. And then I, we consistently hear clients say they loved giving back. You know, they've had it. Most of our clients have had great careers. They've sold a company, so on. And taking the time to give back, I would say probably 70 to 80% of our clients are doing something to help a nonprofit, you know, whether it's mentoring a CEO, helping the, the, the CFO, mentoring a CFO, or whether it's project-based work or boards or something, but look for ways to give back, I would say is the final point I would, I would just say right now. Sure. And you talk about um, obviously taking time to reflect. How often in your experience do you find people immediately jumping into something prematurely like your friend, for example, who goes back to work and he realizes he made a mistake or they put way too much on their plate. How often does that happen? I think it happens often. And I think that there comes this tendency that you want to fill your time. You want to feel needed. You want to feel. And what we tend to see is people feel that even if you're not going to do something full-time, if you decide I've sold a business or I've retired, I don't want to do it full-time, but I want to have a portfolio of activities even then what we see is people tend to overfill without thinking through what they really want. And then there becomes this panic moment of, oh my gosh, I'm just as busy as I was before, but it's a lot of little things and I'm not getting paid or not getting paid much. And that is a real tough thing to go through. So I would say, I think that pause and really thinking through and not jumping straight in is extremely important. Yeah, and obviously, and I think busyness in general can plague you not only throughout your career, why go and then transition that into your, uh, to your retirement as well. Yeah, I'll tell you a quick story, and I thought this was really interesting. It was, a, it was a client, and he had been at a Fortune 30 company. One of the most senior people was, he said, I was sitting actually with him and his wife, and he said, one of my goals is that my life doesn't look like it did before. And we had this conversation. And then she said, my biggest goal is that your life doesn't look like it does before. And she goes, my biggest fear is that you're going to join two or three boards. He had all kinds of things he wanted to do. He wanted to write a book. He was talking about, and she said, my biggest fear is that throughout our life, you had to leave things like family vacations to jump back into the business. You had to focus, you know, and she said, my biggest fear is that those other things are going to do the same exact thing to you. And so they actually sat down and they kind of said, okay, what do we want this to look like? And how do we create almost metrics, call it, to ensure that that doesn't happen? And if you were to reach out to him on, on let's say a Thursday afternoon right now, he wouldn't answer the phone. And that's because he spends Thursday afternoon with his grandkids, you know, and he's blocked that off and he's really thought through what he wants to do. But I think that's incredibly, incredibly important to do. Yeah. And we told clients before, because there's obviously a spectrum. You have some clients that just get extremely busy. And like you said, they put way too much on their plate and end up being 
still running 120 miles an hour, even though they're no longer with whatever company or business that they were running at the time of their career. But then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where we've had some clients mention it's almost kind of like a uh, aspirations of a John Adams retirement. I'm not, you know, John Adams, he, um, after he was president and after the revolutionary war, his whole experience, he, he kind of came to the conclusion that at that point in his life, in his elder years, he had had a hard life. He had had an intense life. He was really had uh, worn himself to the bone uh, throughout his career. And he just wanted peace and relaxation. He wanted to just work on his farm and really have the only person that he talks to on a daily basis be his wife, Abigail. So there's kind of that intentionality that comes with having to just be still and just be present and be with your family and take time off because you can't have one, one extreme or the other is obviously not, not a good thing. No. And to your point, we have seen clients that have, been incredibly hard charging and have said, really, I need time. Their biggest takeaway was I need time. I can't commit to anything for two to three years. I need to focus on family. I need to focus on myself. And where we've particularly seen it is where people have gone through crisis and really had tough times, like you said, with John Adams, but whether it's, uh, you know, we've had clients that a child has died and they said, really, we never even had the time to grieve. We just jumped right back into the job or, clients that were in the middle of the last financial crisis, for example, the stress that can go with these jobs, sometimes people just need extended period of time. So I would say every individual is different. Your word intentionality is key that you just used. And um, and every individual needs to go through that process. And for some, it is taking time. And for some, it is, okay, I need to get out and do things, but I need to do them in a different manner than I did before. Absolutely. And that all comes to that point you made about reinvention especially where their career and their role in their company, let's say if they own their own business becomes or has become their identity. Yeah. And for years, like that's their standing in the community. That's their standing at work. People look up to them. That's kind of becomes who they are, especially if they had started something and then had built it up over the years and then have now transitioned. And now it's to a point where you no longer have that and it can be profoundly disorienting. So I, I think yeah. obviously finding that purpose is the most important. So yeah, hundred percent. I agree. That's a great point. Well, I'm um, kind of shifting gears here for a minute. You talked about what you're doing for younger professionals, and this might be relevant for a lot of our clients, maybe some of their kids or grandkids even, but there's clearly a number of different issues faced by someone entering the workforce versus someone exiting it. But I think there is some overlap when it comes to feeling overwhelmed with the uncertainties ahead and trying to navigate that, that huge life shift. So can you just share with us uh, what My Next Season is now doing to help young professionals in their career and tell us more about this new initiative you guys have started up here recently. Sure. This is an initiative that we're extremely excited about. About two or three years ago, we actually had a uh, head of HR from a, a large company come to us and say, can you help us? I know this isn't exactly what you do, but can you help us with, help me with a friend's son, kind of give him advice. And so we actually put together some materials and, and walked through it with him. And as we talked to friends about this, a pilot of one turned into a pilot of about 40 to 50. And what we saw was in the young professional area, you know, what do I want to do? The discernment aspect, how do I do it? You know, how do I live my whole life? How do I have purpose in my job? Were all questions that people were asking. And so, we created an offering called Early Career Advantage, and it really is to help people that think of it as 22 graduating from college through kind of 30, 35. 
And it really is helping people think through how to manage their career, how to grow in their career, and how to manage life. Because we think it's beyond the career. If there are other aspects of life, whether it's physical, mental, social relationships, if you're giving up all of those for your career, you can't be the best that you can be. So how can you be the best that you can be in that aspect? And this summer, we pivoted a little bit more and we created, because of COVID and the impact that's having on college students and colleges in general, we created a program for college students. And we're just starting our fourth cohort right now. The feedback has been incredible. The cohort is, a, is an eight-week class or an eight-week cohort, which includes both sessions on everything from how to tell your story, personal branding, interview skills, resume, how to give and receive feedback, personal finance 101. It also has a discernment section where we do assessments. We have one-on-one sessions with an industrial psychologist and one-on-one sessions with an advisor. The advisors are the same advisors we're using for our retirement. They're former executives. So it gives the chance for these college students to spend time with former executives. And the fun thing is we've been able to have our facilitators be executives that have retired. So their wisdom has really had tremendous impact uh, on the college students. It's been really, really fun to see. And we're really excited about this. And then our goal is to have probably within about six to nine months to have an online version so we can actually scale this. We've seen the impact through these cohort models and we'd like to be able to scale it even more, but we, we're going to continue to scale the cohort models, but want to have an online version as well. I want to think something like that is, is so important because we hear from clients all the time with their kids or even grandkids, how that transition from going from college into the working uh, force can be a, uh, can be a difficult one to say the least as, as kids try to find their ways. And uh, I think um, when I was in school, someone told me something I thought that really resonated in the sense of trying to reorient how you define success, because I think most often young professionals, they tend to look at it in terms of monetary value or, you know, some type of career aspiration of having that corner office by a certain age or point in their career, but really looking at those other areas as well, whether it's relationships, whether or not they're, they feel as if they're growing, developing, learning, whether or not they're, making an impact or giving back in some way, shape, or form, having multiple metrics for how you're defining success is of the utmost importance, in my opinion. I think that also is relevant for those who are retiring as well. It kind of hits on your points for everything else that people are, are looking at. So, yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. 100%. So clearly some, some overlap, albeit very different uh, situations and circumstances. And then also, uh, Mark, if I'm, if I'm listening to this and I'm interested in learning more about my next season and the services that you guys provide, what does a typical engagement look like and how can someone take the first step if they're interested in learning more about what you guys have to offer in that regard? Sure. On the retirement side, the typical engagement, it's a process that we go through with an individual. It's one-on-one advising. All of our advisors, as I said, are former business executives or coaches. So they've been there, done that. They've retired. They get it. We have a set process that they go through. And I call that kind of a discernment process. What do I want to do? And really thinking that through. And then we have a team that works alongside it through that engagement, which is, I call it the connect the dots team. We call it, it's the external engagement team, but I call it the connect the dots team. And think of that as everything from putting together, if you want to be on a board, putting together a board bio, if you want to be teaching university, putting together bio and resume for universities and so on. I'm going to tell a quick story because I think it will illustrate what I'm saying even better than me talking, but of what an engagement would look like. But one of our first clients 
was Liam McGee. Liam was the CEO of the Hartford and actually retired early because of a second brain tumor. And he went through my next season. He said, coming out of it, he had three things he wanted to do. One was he wanted to do some things for his family because he knew he only had a couple of years to live and he wanted to, to set them up even where he wanted to live and so on. Number two is he said, I want to mentor a non-for-profit CEO. Number three is I want to teach at a university. So he said, I'll go talk to the university. You find me a nonprofit CEO to mentor. So we found a nonprofit CEO to mentor. And he came back to us and he said, I talked to two universities in California. He'd actually attended the universities. And he said, both of them said, we'd love to have you at the CEO speaker series, but everybody wants to teach. We don't do that. And so we actually took one of our ghostwriters. He's a former editor of Harvard Business Review. They wrote seven to eight articles. I think all but one were published. And then he created a whole list of subjects that he wrote paragraphs on that he could teach on. And he went with a packet, probably like think of it as 50, 60, 70 pages thick. And he handed it to the university and he said, I'm really serious. I'd love to teach. Both of them turned around and said, yeah, we'd love to have you. You know, it was that understanding of he really is serious and, he, and, and so on. So we'll work with our clients to kind of think of that as connecting the dots. And that's what a, an engagement looks like. On the college side, what we're doing now is these cohorts that I mentioned. And the cohorts, we'll be starting a new cohort every month. We hope actually to run multiple cohorts even within a month. So, But we'll have new ones starting every month. And it's an eight-week class with somewhere between 10 and 20 people and the college students in the cohort. Yeah, that's very exciting. I know that you said also that at some point there should be an online offering as well yeah. uh, to be able to provide them and, and clearly something that's uh, going to be of tremendous value. Uh, you talk about connecting the dots as well. It sounds like you guys play an integral role in bringing those dreams and goals to life. And obviously with you and, and working with other clients, you can relate those anecdotes and those stories to, to the newer ones as well to kind of show them how others have walked that walk before, it sounds like. That to me is a power is powerful. Sure. See that people have walked this before to hear ideas, to get ideas, and to connect with people. You know, so you know, even we will get people that'll say, "Hey, I think I want to go into consulting. I, I'm retiring, but I want to do consulting part time." But they haven't really thought about what that would entail. Connecting them with somebody, a senior person at a consulting firm that they can spend time with. And really think through, is that what I want to do? So kind of the stories and the connections are really key. Absolutely. And I think we often see that on the financial side, a similar dynamic as well. Where people want to know what other clients do if they're interested in accomplishing X, Y, and Z. You can relay that perspective to them. And it sounds like it's the same kind of a concept. It's very, very helpful. But in terms of not only your services, what other resources uh, would you recommend that listeners look into? I know that you had talked about how at least initially, there was a lack of them out there. That's part of the reason why you guys started this company. But have you come across anything else in your time that you think would be worthwhile or beneficial? We have resources. You can go to our website, um, mynextseason.com for retirement. Uh, and then we call it myprojectu.com for college age. There's a book called Halftime, which I think does a great job at thinking through a lot of these issues. Those are some of the best. I, you know, I've seen a lot. I've seen some new things coming out, but I think the halftime one is is a good one. And I and I would suggest Les, my business partner Leslie wrote a book called Your Next Season. We created it f- 
for executives and business owners. We created it so that it could be readable within a plane flight. We, we wanted something that somebody could jump on a plane and two hours later have finished it. So it's simple, but I think it's got some great pieces to it. It's got great stories and great advice that she gives. And I'd highly recommend that. I would completely agree. You actually beat me to it. Your next season is an amazing read. Like you said, short and sweet, but very powerful, very helpful. And ever since you brought our attention to it years ago, Mark, we've been handing it out to clients uh, like Candy who were going through that uh, transition. So definitely very, very helpful. And um, talk about this uh, exciting podcast that you guys have coming up as well. I mean, clearly you and I both have gotten the podcast itch here recently. Uh, tell us a little more about that and what you're doing in that regard. Well, we will be launching a new podcast called Life Unscripted, and that will be launched early first quarter of 2021. The focus is for our college. It will be applicable to everybody, but we're really focused on the college and early career age. And it's advice from people who have been there, done that. So former executives, uh, former business people, former entrepreneurs that have sold businesses, giving advice, but giving it in an authentic way and really sharing failures as well. You know, we tend not to talk about failures and how that impacted careers and impacted and helped people grow. And so we want to share those. And we also want to share that often you're, and why we called it unscripted is because often the way you get there is not a straight line. Mm-hmm. Whether it's owning a company or, you know, that you start or whether it's being in a corporate career, it's not jumping from one job to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, but it's gaining skills. So what did it take? How was their life different in that way? So uh, really geared towards young people, but experiences from, from uh, executives and entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's so critical that people talk about not only those failures, but also the fact that that journey is going to be a winding road with a lot of unexpected twists and turns and look no further than 2020, what we're going through this year. I mean, it's just life gets in the way when you're younger. I feel like you failed to really kind of see that sometimes and put it into perspective, but it's also important to realize that life is, you know, um, uh, 10% what happens to you and 90% what you make of it and your mindset for how you uh, approach it. So I, I would agree a hundred percent, you know, and even from, you know, and, and I saw this a lot with young people is at Bank of America is they would tell me they wanted the next job because it either had a title or more money. And I would say to them, look for skills that you could gain. You know, some of the best moves I made were lateral moves. I didn't get paid anymore. I didn't, but I learned something new. And, and so this will give them the chance to learn and to, to learn from people's careers. Yeah, exactly. And obviously that's a value that can apply to folks at, at all ages. But to kind of uh, uh, closing this out here, Mark, I know we've covered a lot throughout the course of our conversation, but is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience that you think would be beneficial before we uh, part ways this afternoon? I think transitions can be tough. Any transition can be tough. Career transitions can be tough, whether it be college to first career, or, you know, you're all of a sudden you're in your first job. I remember my first job, there were some really tough moments. Then it's the middle career. Then it's kind of as your later career and retiring, each of those can be tough, but with the toughness, each brings opportunity and embrace the opportunity, you know, and grow and learn, you know, in each of those. And it's not just starting out in college, but it's 
finishing well mm-hmm. and it's growing and finishing well. And so in each of those, I think it's important to realize with the transition and with the toughness of transitions, there's opportunity and we can continue to learn and we can continue to grow. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's an excellent point to end on. And I'd also like to highlight, uh, not only Mark had brought up the book, uh, Your Next Season earlier, um, but if uh, any of you who are listening are interested uh, and receiving a copy of that book, John and myself would be more than happy to send you one. Uh, like I said, we found that to be an extremely beneficial resource for clients who are going through uh, whatever transition they may be. And, and I know that Mark would obviously be uh, more than open to speaking with any folks as well who are looking at uh, you know, ways of navigating that, uh, that circumstance the best that they can. So uh, on that note, Mark, I just want to thank you so much for your time and just for joining us uh, this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great to get together with you and and really enjoyed this too. I did too. And I know our clients uh, will also. If you have any other questions to the listeners out there about what we discussed today, please feel free to reach out to John or myself at any point. To kind of close out, we just hope that everybody continues to stay well, stay healthy, and uh, we certainly look forward to speaking with everyone again soon. Thanks. Thanks. 